Hi, this is Susan. This is Dan. And uh, we'd like to welcome you to the Sparks and Muses podcast. It's a, a new podcast where uh, we're going to talk about exploring everyday creativity in our lives. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're really excited that you're here. So I, I guess uh, first things first, I'm going to kind of direct here. So Dan. Yes. You're an artist. You're an art guy. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? Uh, I'm Dan Hartman. I am a graphic designer and a web designer and also a photographer. And, um, what are your creative outlets today since we're exploring creativity? What do you, what do you do? You mean for a living or for... As a cre as a creative person. As a creative person. Exploring creativity. Yeah. I've been what spending a lot of time doing photography and I've also been, um... You know, just uh, doing some drawing and sketching and things like that, in addition to the, you know, the design work that I do for, for my business. So, so you, you're a professionally creative person. Yes. What are your, what are your, what, what do you do? Well, like when you, what, what do they pay you to do to be creative? Uh, they pay me mostly to create print materials for the organization that I work for. They also pay me to do web design and graphics and user interface design. So you get to be creative sort of all the time. Yeah, I would say yes. If you if you had to judge, like, what percentage of your day is is creative? I would say 75% of my day. That's kind of a lot. Yeah, it's pretty nice, actually. So one of the things that will be really interesting as we move forward with this podcast in our exploration of everyday creativity, I think it would be really interesting to see out of that 75%, you know, as we move forward with this, what, what is professional and what is personal and where the lines are between professional creativity and personal creativity. And if there are any lines or if there aren't any lines or if one sparks the other or one like crushes the life out of it because it's somebody else's design <laughs> that you have to work on or right, whatever right. that looks like. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the interesting things that we can look at. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Talk a little bit about like how... Your creative journey. How did your creative journey start? Like, what? What's your background here? How'd you get here? My creative journey, I think, started in in earnest in, when I went to college and studied photography. I have a four year degree um, in photography from the Rochester Institute of Technology, and have been lucky enough to work in the creative field in some form or another for the last twenty years, whether it's as my own business or various organizations so primarily in, in photography and graphics yeah in photography and graphics well, that's pretty cool what you know sort of as we're starting this podcast and, and welcoming people into this process of ours what is your goal in exploring everyday creativity you know my goal is to sort of uh, well I think it's two parts one to sort of document sort of my creative process which is always kind of interesting you know this sort of a audio journal if you will of sort of my creative process and then also to just sort of share this sort of creation with you, my wife, and then also, you know, start looking at being more intentional about having sort of creativity outside of work and in, in my everyday life. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of fun to interview you. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I'm your wife. I know you, but I just, I've actually learned a couple new things about you. So yeah. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Yeah, so Susan, tell me, you know, what are what are your sort of, you know, how did you get started in this whole process? The creative where, process. Yeah, the creative process. Where did that get started for you? 
that's so I've always been crafty. I think as a kid, I was always really crafty and I really liked painting and drawing. But part of the painting that I loved was actually mixing colors. I liked just sort of having lots of, you know, in art class, it was orange juice cans. You remember back in the day, you had to collect the orange juice cans and take them into the art teacher. Right. I, I would make like 23 different versions of pink and Gretchen, the art teacher, would come over and be like, stop making pink paint. <laughs> Go do your project. So I think there was like all these little things that I always liked, but I was a jock and I played sports. And so I identified as a jock and jocks didn't do arty things. Right. And then art and craft and the difference between being crafty and being an artist. I got very wrapped up in like, I am an, I'm, an, I'm an athlete, not an artist because the artists were the kids who could draw. Right. And I'm not particularly adept at drawing sort of lifelike anything. So, so I just didn't identify with it. And then that was that. And then really, I guess, I guess probably about, I think it's been like nine years. I started knitting mm -hmm. about nine years ago and it was weird. It like took off like wildfire because you had to teach me how to do it right? because I couldn't manage the needles and the yarn and the video online teaching me how to do it. And I was really just inspired by some fabulous women I worked with and the fact that I had just had a niece born and felt like I needed to make her something. So I was, I, I really wanted to jump into it that way. And so I started knitting and then I, I, but I wouldn't have said that that was creative. I would have just said it was like handiwork or just something to do with my time. Right. And I guess over, over the last eight years, I've realized it's a really creative process. And it's like this huge creative rabbit hole of things I never thought I liked, you know? So I'm a knitter and I'm a spinner and I'm a gardener, which is a totally different type of creativity, but also really creative. Right. I think only recently have I sort of embraced the notion that I'm a creative person. Right. And that that's important to me. So, so that's, that's how I got here right now. Very cool. Sitting and and with you. sort of what's your, you know, what are your goals and, you know, sort of exploring everyday creativity? Well, I think it's this, this whole notion of being a creative person. Like, you know, like I said, I, I never thought of myself as a creative person. That was like the drama kids or something. <laughs> that wasn't me. So that's new. And I think that, yeah, I just, I think also, you know, I'm a mom. We have, we have a daughter who's very creative and I feel like I want to understand that process so that I can continue to, to, to foster that environment for her because it's her own process, but I, I have a lot of control over her environment. I think that's exciting. I, I think the other thing that's really cool, and I guess that's something we'll kind of get to in a second, is that this is, this is a joint project for us. Right. Um, you've always been the artistic, creative one, and I've been the, I don't know, I'm trained in economics, and I write policy reports, and they're very dry and kind of boring in their way. So this is actually something that's that's a real leaping off point for me and really exciting. Something that I'm really excited about. Very cool. Very I think cool. the public nature of it is, is terrifying. Since I, I have no training in critique, I have no training in taking my work and sticking it up for other people to look at. Whereas I know you have more experience with that coming out of art school. Right. I'm I'm everything I've done has been very much at home, very private, very contained. Right. You know, it's just me alone with my stuff working. So, so some of what you're looking at, would be would it be accurate to say you're sort of looking at the letting go process? Sort of, they talk about it, at least in arts, uh, you know, when I was in school, you know, sort of once you put a piece of work out there, it's not part of you anymore. It's not yours. And you have to, you have to let that go. And yeah. It sort of has a life of its own. That's like completely terrifying to me. 
Right. And I think that it's like run towards the terror. So I might as well explore that a little bit. Right. And I, I think the other thing too is that um, I'm, I'm super hyper judgmental. I have a feeling this will be a theme of ongoing conversations around creativity. So it was always like, if you can't hit something out of the park and be really good at it the first time you try, right. why bother? Right. Or certainly don't put it out there for anybody to look at because there's no value in it if it's not you know, going to sell for $1,000 immediately or something like that. So I, I think I'm the first person to devalue my own creative output. Right. And um, so, yeah, I don't really think that's a good way to be. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that that's my instinct. Right. So I, I'm hoping that, that this is a good way to, to leap into the unknown and, and let go of things a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that does or doesn't change over the course of the series. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So isn't it funny interviewing your spouse? It is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. I enjoy it. So, so with that, you know, why don't you sort of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just sort of tell me some of the things that you're working on right now. Well, one of the things I'm working on is this podcast. Right. So, well, actually, this is something you're working on, too. So this is a joint effort in terms of creativity. So Dan is involved in an art show that has over 500 artists here in Maryland, where we live, and it's called Artomatic. And he'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. But so I actually heard about it through my work. I work in economic development for the city that is hosting this art extravaganza. So I heard about it and called him and said, hey, you should submit your work because it's great and it's, it's unjuried. So just jump on in. It's an all call for artists. And then on my end, I was professionally looking at how we were going to market and create marketing materials for our city to promote itself through this event and to visitors of the event. And so I was all of a sudden thrown into doing marketing and graphics and web web design and things that I have very little experience with and all of which was deadline driven. So while Dan was having to get his show together to, to exhibit at the festival, the art festival, I was running around trying to work really hard to get our marketing materials and um, some of the sponsorships we're doing together. And, and so we both had this joint experience. And it was actually really kind of fun that we were both having this joint experience around this creative event that is super creative with all kinds of different art and artists and media and performance. Um, so it was really fun. So so this podcast really, I don't know, it's really, it's like our first, I, we've never had a joint project like this before. No, no, we haven't. I think, no. you know, and I, I'd say that that's part of the inspiration for this podcast itself. And, you know, and I'll just say for me, you know, obviously I've been working on Artomatic and it's been really exciting because, you know, although I have a degree in photography and, and sort of use a lot of those skills that I have in photography every day, I haven't actually shown my actual photographic work other than, you know, just sort of in the, the sort of closed space of Facebook and some things like that in probably 20 years since I was out of college. So, gosh, I just dated myself there. So... Yeah, you're old. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> but more to the point is that I, I saw this as a, as a unique opportunity to sort of get my my work out there in a way. And also, the way that Artomatic is designed is that it also has a volunteer you know aspect to it. Part of being in the show and them keeping their costs down is that you have a volunteer there. And, and I'm was very much looking at uh, just sort of building the community of sort of, since we're new to the area here in, in D.C., in the D.C. area, I thought it would be an, a good sort of introduction to the art community here and, and to get my name out there in that way as well. 
So it's it's been it's been really nice on on multiple levels. One to see that it is a little bit like riding a bike in terms of prepping for the show and making decisions and uh, about what pieces to show and and determining you know where they're going to be placed and and how you're going to sort of talk about them and, and getting ready to talk about them. And then just the other night, they had a sort of what they call meet the artist night where you hang out by your work and people come by and can ask you questions about your work and you can talk about your work. And it was really nice to just be able to, to do that and um, sort of realize that I still feel comfortable in doing that. It was was really nice. And what surprised you about interacting with, what do you call them, viewers, visitors? Yeah. Audience, you, your audience? I'd have to say the one thing that really surprised me about this whole process, at least the last night, was that, um, you know, I, again, coming from art school, I was expecting much more of a critique from people as they came in. And it was much more, I think, a question of uh, people wanting to know sort of about process and sort of, uh, you know, peek behind the curtain. Like, how does this work? Or, you know, did you do anything to this? Or what's the story behind this? And, and really looking at that as opposed to critiquing the, the technical aspects of it, which is almost what I was expecting because that's part of what you do in art school to, to help move you forward on a technical level. Did it, did it seem like they were more consumers? I don't use the process, or were they more just sort of curious? I think they were more. I think they were more curious, and uh, you know, and I think it's this particular event also attracts people that are interested in art but don't have a lot of experience looking at art or talking about art. So I think for a lot of these people, it's just a generally new process. That's cool. Yeah. Are you working on anything else other than Artomatic, which is a huge undertaking? But. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say sort of on the the other sort of thing that I'm exploring right now is the the idea of story and how story gets told. I think it's a very part of human nature to, um, you know, we love stories and we've been storytellers for just about all of humanity. And so part of that is just looking at, well, what is it about story that, that we like and enjoy and all that kind of stuff and sort of have been sort of looking at that from writing perspective, but also how do I tell a story in my own visual artwork? Right. Like that. So, so Pretty cool. Yeah, how about, how about you? What have you been? What am I working on? So the garden right now, it, you know, it is the middle of November, about a week ahead of Thanksgiving here in the United States. Yeah, there is. The garden is, is dying. It probably would keep thriving if I kept watering it, but I feel like I'm, I'm kind of, it's phasing out for the season. So I don't really know what to do with it. I'm sort of stuck right now about what to do with the garden. Since we, we recently relocated from Northern California, which is a, a four-season growing environment, and this right. is, uh, we're on the East Coast, outside of Washington, D.C. So I'm back into four very distinct seasons. I'm in a much different climactic zone. I'm still learning what the plant palette can be. And whereas in California, I had a big backyard and I had a lot of space, I have a lot of space constraints here. We're in a, I have a balcony, um, not a very large one, with weird, kind of some odd light situations in terms of sunlight and its own little microclimate. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm a little stuck right now in terms of what, what I can do for the winter in terms of gardening. So I don't know, I'll, I'm going to do some research, I think, start prepping for spring, but kind of try to really pay more attention this year, this winter, in terms of um, paying attention, just the seasons and what happens and 
what happens with the temp. I think I need like a thermometer so I can find out exactly how warm it is on balcony as opposed to outside because it's it's different. I am I'm I'm a knitter and I'm I'm also a spinner, so I spin yarn too. I've got a couple of spinning projects that are on that are stalled, but I'll pick them up again. And I've got a mystery knitting project I can't talk about because it's a Christmas present, but right. I'll talk about it another time. And I've recently finished uh, a cabled cardigan for our new nephew, which is very exciting because I haven't met him yet, but it's nice to present babies with hand knits that they have no idea what they're looking at, but I know it's full of love and creativity and it's coming his way and that's exciting and I'm, I'm kind of I feel like a lot of my what I I have a lot of thinking going on right now what I want to work on right soon particularly with the holidays coming up both for gifts and also for you know kind of getting ready for winter here in the apartment in the house right and making sure that that we're ready to go I'm not really an interior designer by nature at right. all but since we're gonna be spending so much time inside I want to make it feel good to be here. I think that's part of creativity anyway. Right. If it's all cluttered and all I can do is think about 6,000 chores that need to be done, then I don't feel very free to do anything else. So I feel like right. if I can get on top of all of that, then I can make the space to do other stuff. Right. So, you know, you said you had 75% of your day was creative. Mine is like 5. 5%. Right. <laughs> it's like 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night. And the rest of the time, I feel like I just don't sit down or I just think about things I would do if I had time. There's... I have to figure out the secret sauce in terms of work, life, creative balance, and what that means. Right, right. On that note, like, what what's sparking you right now? If you, what, what are some things that you might not be working on right now, but you're you're drawn, you're really feeling drawn to at the moment? I'm feeling, uh, aside from story and sort of looking at that, I'm I'm also feeling really drawn to exploration of color and specifically layering of color, and I've been sort of fiddling with watercolor because you can kind of layer them and they and the the nature for those of you that aren't familiar with watercolor like it's it's very transparent medium so you can kind of layer colors on top of each other and and you know to create other colors and and I'm just really sort of enjoying that exploration coming back around to what color is and and sort of how it works in in, in a new medium which is yeah it seems really interesting I'm really sp sparked and intrigued by that you know without sort of any sort of pressure of an agenda. Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. How about you? I'm I'm really I'm really drawn right now, which is bizarre to me, to tapestry weaving. And I say bizarre because I I I'm a knitter and I'm a spinner and I go to all these fiber events over the course of the year to to buy materials and interact with my people pet some sheep, things like that. And there, there are often weavers there and I just think, oh, that's nice. And then I walk by. It's, it's never grabbed me. Right. But I, I recently bought a Melissa and Doug kids loom for our daughter, who's five and a half, and strung it up and I thought it was something she could just work on. It doesn't require a whole lot of dexterity, but I'm completely drawn to it. And I, I, I kind of want to like grab her toy away from her and put my own stuff on it and see what I can do with it. Um, and there are a couple of weavers on Instagram that I've been following who they aren't, they're not so much textile weavers, you know, with big looms making linens that you would use for your tablecloths or anything. It's more like fine art, right? tapestry type weaving. And I, I, I'm just really drawn to it and, and I keep being drawn to it, which makes me think it's something I need, I need to run with it before 
before the sort of the juice goes away. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's something completely new and done a little bit of research online in terms of what some of the techniques would be and what the materials are. And, you know, it's like any craft, you, there's like a ton of tools you, you could go buy and drop hundreds of dollars. And I'm not interested in doing that. But I feel like it keeps calling to me. So it's something that I want to go with. And I, I felt that way about spinning, too. Right. Um, I was always like, oh, there's, why would somebody spin yarn? You can just go buy it. Um, and then all of a sudden I wanted to spin it, too. So I, I, this is just part of that fiber, fiber craft, fiber arts sort of black hole that you can kind of fall into. Um, right. So, yeah, I'm really drawn towards tapestry weaving. And that's I'm feeling more and more like I need to figure out how to move forward with that, whether or not our daughter lets us lets me, you know, commandeer her toy. Yeah. In the meantime, because I don't, I don't think she will. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she will. So I'm going to have to get creative on that one. So what, what's inspiring you right now? What, where do you get, where do you get inspiration? Where I do get, you find it? Um, you know, I can say this week, you know, the, the two things that have really been inspiring me have been, and, and they sort of occur as a continuous theme of inspiration is, is technology. So one of the things that I'm enjoying about this podcast is, you know, just learning the technology of podcasting and, and uh, you know, for those of you that are joining us on the ride, you know, hopefully you'll see the, the, you know, as I learn the technology of this podcasting, that, that improve, and that's always exciting and inspirational to me. And then also I've, I've just been really inspired, again, because I've been looking at the um, arc of story, so I've been really interested in writers just because, you know, they are the ultimate storytellers because that's all they have is story. They don't have anything else to fall back on. So I've been really inspired by um, J.K. Rowling and another author by the name of uh, Jim Butcher, who sort of found online them both talking about their craft, and I also enjoy their work. J.K. Rowling as Robert Galbraith. Yes, specifically as Robert Galbraith, but also just... Um, you're not hanging out with all the... You're not, like, rereading Harry Potter. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but also, you know, um, J.K. Rowling has posted some things about her process, and there's even, a, a, you know floating around on the internet, sort of a like a spreadsheet that she created to help her keep track of, of story when she was writing uh, one of the Harry Potter books and stuff like that. And it's just interesting to see how much detail and thought and effort she put into it. And, you know, so there was a definite, like, flow to, you know, just letting this sort of, it all just come out as she was creating the Harry Potter stories. But then she also got very disciplined about it, too. So it's very interesting to see how disciplined writers are about creating story and, and honing the story to make it interesting and engaging. So there's, you know, this balance and tension between the, just the flow of the story and just letting it come as it comes and then, and then honing that down to something that then you're ready to present to the public, which I find very fascinating. So what's been inspiring <laughs> you? Um, what is, where am I drawing inspiration? Actually, I, I don't, I'm not online a whole lot right now. In terms of my own, like, like what, what I'm finding, I think that um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I always did, even before we thought we would jump into starting our own. Um, but uh, I, I found a few new podcasts recently. Um, I listened to a lot of knitting podcasts, which I know just sounds hilarious. It's like that right. Saturday Night Live thing, that, that sketch that they used to do for ages and ages like New England ladies sitting around talking about craft on the radio. Right. So, and I am one of those people. So, yeah, so there are a few different podcasts that I listen to, and I found a few recently that I really like. I think because they explore 
the idea of creativity and, and knitting beyond just talking about yarn and patterns and designs, um, talking about jumping into the unknown or jumping into new ways to explore that. So one of them is called um, a podcast out of, well, she's just moved, but it was out of Scotland it's called Shiny Bees mm-hmm. podcast. And she talks a lot actually about jumping into business. Right. So how, how individuals got into the, the knitting or yarn or fiber businesses. And I, fi- I just find that's interesting, not because I want to start a business, because it's, a, it's again, that, that leap of going from something that's very personal into something that right. people are then going to generate this online community. Um, there's another one called Curious Handmade. She's also out of London. And, and again, she's, she's a lawyer, I think, by training right. uh, professionally, but has given that all up and is creating this online community around uh, hand handmade craft primarily knitting but also uh she's a knitwear designer but it's also looking at fashion and slow fashion and sustainable fashion and um i can't sew for the life of me but i find it interesting to listen to other people when it comes time to really appreciating craft for craft's sake right and the process that goes into craft and then um I think, again, that something can be creative, but it, it doesn't have to be fine art that you're going to hang on the wall. It, it really could just be a fantastic hat <laughs> or a pair of gloves or something, that there's value in that creative process, even if it's not, again, rewarded with some huge monetary value or a, a framed, signed thing on the wall. Like, there's still value in it. So I like that one a lot. There, there are a number of podcasts I listen to. There are a few gardening podcasts I listen to, but... I don't know, a lot of gardening podcasts are really tedious and boring. Right. Unfortunately, I'm always looking for more. There are a couple that I like. But again, it's winter in a lot right. of places, not all places, but in a lot of places it's winter right now. So we're coming up on winter. Right. So all the podcasts are about how to clean your garden so you don't get pests for next year. And, and right. it's just not that interesting to listen right. to. I mean, I, I geek out enough to listen to it, but I don't, I don't have a yard like that anymore. It's not. Right. I don't know. It's more just sort of maintenance. Right. Kind of keeps my brain in the flow. Right. So yeah. So so Very that's cool. great. So so what's what are what are your goals for this week? Because we're going to record again in a week. Our goal is that this will be a weekly podcast and check in, give or take life and reality here and there. But um, what are your what are your goals for this week? My goals are to really just at this point are to just continue exploring color and and you know and again just sort of take on this medium of watercolor again, not with the point of producing anything but really just starting starting to learn it and explore it so that's pretty much my goal for this week is to sort of continue to get comfortable with the new medium kind of fun exciting especially without the pressure of having to produce anything right yeah what about you oh, my to-do list in my brain is, is not creative in the least I, I think i have a few projects that i'd like to crank through and finish um and more of a process knitter which means i, right. I tend to like process and just taking my time on things but with the holidays coming up and a few gifts I'm working on, I'm just trying to crank them out. Right. Which is kind of interesting and inspiring in its way. And then, I don't know, I'm, again, I have to, I think that one of my goals for this week is to find a way to, to move forward with the call towards tapestry weaving. Right. Whether that's not much further than just going online and finding a whole bunch of websites that can help me understand the nuts and bolts, or whether it's figuring out how to make or find a loom Right. That I can at least start to, to practice with or something. But at the very least, at the very minimum, I need to get online and start finding out what, what what's the A, B, and C if I want to pursue that and look at it without just going out and dropping hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, on equipment. Right. 
we don't have the space. That's a lot of money. I don't even know if I like it, but I keep feeling the call and I feel like that's something that if you keep feeling the call, you might as well follow the call and right. see what happens. So. so that's it. So we'll check in next week and see how it goes. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. Cool. So uh, thank you all for listening. This is really exciting. Uh, this is just a start. This is just a beginning and we'll see where this takes us and where it goes, where our creativity happens. Yeah. And what this means moving forward. You can find me on Instagram as Susan Hartman or on Twitter as Susan Hartman. And um, we'll put together a blog, actually, to support the podcast. So by the time you hear this, there may be a, a blog in place to support that. But it'll be sparksandmuses.com or something very, very similar to that. And uh, how about you? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at dmhphoto or on uh, Instagram as DMH Photo as well. That's D-M-H-P-H-O-T-O. Okay, cool. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks all right. a lot. Thanks. Bye.